This is Mercy Harper, writer for Research Services at APQC. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to APQC Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I'm here with Elizabeth Fletcher, Manager of People Operations at Moto Refi and Principal Consultant at Wordsmith Resume Writing and Interview Prep to talk about people operations. Welcome to the podcast, Elizabeth. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) So people operations is a fairly new way of approaching HR. Uh, The term people ops was first coined in 2015 by Google's former HR director, Laszlo Bach. And in a nutshell, it's about taking a more strategic and holistic approach to supporting employees as well as the business. And I'm really excited to have you on the pod today, Elizabeth, to learn more about this from someone who has a lot of experience in more traditional HR, as well as this new thing called people ops. (laughs) So could you first tell me a little bit about how you learned about people ops and what interested you about it? So sure. So I have actually um, my master's degree in human resources management. So I am, as you said, I'm the traditional HR girl, the policy and procedure. Funny thing, even in my personal life, like everything has to be structured. I'm quite rigorous and organized. So learning about the people ops actually falls underneath something that a lot of companies now call people and culture instead of the HR department. So learning about it was really through a friend of mine who actually, she's with the company and she brought me on and she was telling me more about it. And I was like, hmm. How do I fit into the picture, especially with me being more of a quote unquote traditionalist when it comes to the human uh, resources realm of things within the industry? Um, A lot of things with people and culture revolves around both the team and the environment. I feel like the culture part is definitely important. Um, Looking at people as people instead of humans, to me then, centralizes it and becomes specific to your needs. And I think that that's mostly the gist of it about why I enjoy it. And like I say, you know, even to say it again, like human resources is like worrying about humans. And I think that saying humans just sounds so generic versus when I say people and culture, meaning looking at you as the person that you are, whether you are LGBTQ+, Um, identify as non-binary, you know, don't want to be called a female, want to be called a woman, right? Um, Looking at you as the total person and then putting in the culture. I feel like that's a very important piece of whatever organization you decide to get with is understanding and wanting to know the culture of the organization. Because you can get with a big name organization, no matter how big the name is. And if the culture does not align with your personal beliefs, it makes a different toll on you mentally when you go to work. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And I can definitely see the the benefits from the employee side, especially now with so many people wanting to bring their whole self to work and to have that recognized. But what do you see as the advantages of this approach for you as someone who's coming out of HR? For me, I, I really didn't come to HR in a traditional path, Okay. I came from more of an operations background with um, working in strategy and project management and found that I was, you know, drawn towards the projects that focus on helping team members, uh, uh, recruiting, training, and improving onboarding. 
And I always like to say, it's funny, I keep saying HR. It's funny, I used to always like to say, I like to put the H in HR. So I've always been more so people-minded and people-centric. But I think that when it comes to HR, looking at the past of my HR with a lot of organizations that I was formerly with, HR is more as like, okay, well, these are the rules and this is what we're sticking with because these are the policies. But not thinking about the Native American person that just started with us that doesn't want us to actually put the word, for example, Columbus Day on a holiday to take off because it's offensive. I think that that aligns a lot with the difference in the mindset between people and culture and HR. That makes a lot of sense. Um, curious if you could tell me a little bit more about what you think the the skills people need to be successful in people ops and how those might compare what it, to the skills that it takes to be successful in HR? Well, the skills and capabilities, I think, is in people ops to be open-minded and to have the mindset of something ever-changing. I think a lot of people that fit into HR have to have the, the same routine of things. Of course, there may be an ER issue that may be different. You know, not saying that in HR, the same thing happens every day. That just doesn't happen. But I just think that with HR, is more of like, you're learning, you want to pass different stuff like the SHRM because you want to do things exactly the way the textbook says. Whereas people in culture, it's it, again, it's being more of an ever-changing spirit, um, forward thinking, thinking about the persons that's going to come behind you five and 10 years down the line and wanting to make standards of practice and SOPs that then allows it to say, hey, I'd rather make this into an SOP instead of putting this into the employee handbook. So then we have more of a flexibility case by case with what we deal with. Instead of it just saying, well, this is the rule and there's no way of going around it because this is what we do. Awesome. Uh, this is kind of a side question, but, um, you know, obviously can't really get a degree in people ops right now, <laughs> as far as I know. So what are, are there any external resources that you've looked to when you're, you were kind of looking to shift into this role? Um. So I am, uh, I have a lot of certifications. So I am certified in diversity and inclusion and also equity. And I feel like that's a lot of what it is. Mm -hmm. um, I did not know a lot about the LGBTQ community and how to actually not only just correlate, but how to actually even um, greet persons of this beautiful, rich community. Within the people and culture, we're learning every day. Like even right now, I'm over benefits. I'm fighting for transgender rights. I'm fighting right now that we have health care provided to those who want to make changes or whoever want to make those type of situations. Whereas the old HR spectrum is kind of like, well, nope, this is all that they're providing. Well, that may not all be the healthcare administrators providing, but maybe that's all that you asked about because that's all you're used to and that's all you think about. So those skill sets, you really have to be open-minded and ready. Absolutely. It sounds like continuous learning is really important on the part of people managers, but also on the part of the organization. It sounds like you're having to kind sure. of lead that continuous learning. And uh, that sounds like a, a bit of a challenge, is it? It is a challenge. It's a challenge, especially because I feel like with when it comes to culture, there's also that form of kind of like colloquialism where you're used to what you're used to. Or this is what we say here. Or this is what you say there. And this is what happens. And I think that it's a challenge because just as soon as you think that you got something down packed, 
<laughs> it's a new term or it's something else new. So that's why I say with people in culture is ever changing because you have to be receptive to the things that is going on around you. Absolutely. So now I want to turn to kind of like how um, people ops handles a couple of key things and, and how that compares to HR. So okay. first I wanted to ask about employee engagement. What's the, what's the people ops approach to that? So for the people ops or the people in culture um, approach to employee engagement, for example, in Motor Refi, we actually have um, like a work life environment department. And literally what these employees do in this part of the department, which still is underneath us, as far as people and culture, they actually make sure that everything is, you know, still aligned, especially with most of our company being remote right now. Most of us are remote. So what they do is like, so we have a pumpkin carving contest for those that want to participate. Um, so funny, start November 1st, we're actually having a no shave November competition that includes the, the um, both males and females. <laughs> and it's so funny because um, for the females, we can even draw something on or do like the emojis. <laughs> so it, it, it's being inclusive. That sounds really interesting. Um, so, you know, that's a different department, but um, how, do, how do they kind of make sure that everything's equal among the, the hybrid folks and, and any folks who do go into the office, making sure that people don't feel left out? So good question. So um, we have Slack instead of like group me and stuff. We do Slack, more, which is less traditional than the email approach. I'm still an email girl because I'm still trying to break myself out of all the emails. But we do Slack, which comes either straight to your phone, just like email, but more like texting where you get to use emojis and you get to celebrate. So with one of those things is like Slack, uh, we celebrate everything. If it's someone's birthday, we tell them happy birthday in the Slack. Happy work anniversary. Once a quarter, we send uh, like a love type of box to every employee. So um, we just got ours for October for this um, um, last part of the quarter of the year. And it was a fall box. It's a, uh, it was a pumpkin candle in it, um, different type of fun stuff around the house. And also allowing your office to be um, at home to be as much of an office as possible. So of course, providing the things that our employees need even if they say we want a stand-up desk, like not being so much in a box of things, but making everyone feel included. When a new employee comes on, we put that in the Slack to welcome. And then it's something that we have an app called Donut, like a donut meetup, where it will combine you with other peers within the organization to make you have like video chats, like even how you and I are seeing each other. Or it, it's different to, to meet up with each other. Um, we also have... Um, all hands meetings. So every other Friday we have this meeting is on Zoom and we all have on our cameras. We get to see each other's silly faces. If you want your camera off, it's not, it's not forced to have it on, but it's always strongly encouraged to have your camera on. And we have like a video slide of everyone that comes into the company and we're chatting the whole time, congratulating them and hey, what you got going on? And it's very just kind of like, hey, you can always meet up with someone. Um, at the beginning, especially like the first 30, 60, 90 days, you have like a game plan. So you're not just coming in, just thrown into the wolves or thrown into the fire. You're coming in with a game plan. And in that game plan, it actually aligns you with certain executives and other people that you will be working with daily to actually make sure you meet this person. 
That is really cool. And I love that, that I hadn't heard about this donut thing. This sounds really interesting. It is very cool. And it's actually LinkedIn through Slack. So it'll send, in fact, I still weekly get a message that say, hey, this person is new. Um, would you like to um, meet up with the donut? And it's like the donut and it, it aligns and it gives me an opportunity for them to put a face to a name. Uh, I always want to be approachable and reachable within, you know, within the organization so that I'm easy to be reached. Absolutely. That is really cool. Um, so I wanna, next, I wanted to ask you about the, the people ops approach to diversity, equity, and inclusion, DE&I. Um, sounded like it was very core to your continuous learning in this role. So how would you say that compares to uh, traditional HR? Um, I believe that when it comes to traditional HR, um, it's more just kind of like, as we get the person in or get the different type of employees in, whether they have a different type of background, um, as far as ethnicity, religion, race, whatever have you, creed, we then work on it then. Whereas I feel like the approach with people and culture is, let me go do some research and see the different types of, should I say genres of people, different types of people that we have out there and the people that we're reaching because we want to be as diverse as possible. So, hey, I'm looking here and I see that we have no Egyptian Americans or no Egyptian, you get what I'm saying? So now I wanna say, hey, how can we reach this type of person to make sure we are having any and everyone identified. So that way we get to learn from this type of culture as well too. So that way if I'm going out and seeking you, I'm already wanting to prepare a good opportunity for you to learn and be able to then encourage more. We don't want it to just be a black and white thing. And that's why I say not literally as far as race, but just even HR to me is just black and white as far as paper. You know, whatever is there is what we see, right? Meaning, you know, what, checking into these boxes. And with people and culture, I think it's thinking literally outside of the box. Like, and again, not waiting for it to come to you, but you actually going to it, finding it, that it factor, the IT to say, what is the it factor that then separates us? The fact that on my team, funny story, super funny story, um, on the people operations team, the people and coaching, so they divide us into many working groups to get more impactful work done. We were on a call and we could all see each other. And I looked at the different arrays, so beautiful to see so many different people on this call, so many different backgrounds. And I go, guess what? Guess how many African-Americans it is on this call? Now this sometimes is a little uh, contrary to it. Some people like to call themselves or whatever, but as a, as a black woman, for example, I don't identify for myself to be African-American. I call myself a black woman. Um, black. So funny thing is we're on this call and you can see all these be beautiful faces and we all know where each other were from and everything. So I go, hey, hey, you guys, who want to guess how many African-Americans we have on this call? And the answer was one. And it's what you would think from the outside looking in, just judging just his face. He was the white man, but he's literally was born and raised in Africa right? South yes. Africa. He lives in the United States, apparently. He works with us. He was the only African-American on the call. And when I looked at the picture and everybody thought about it, it was like, wow, right? 
So when I think HR, I think about you just looking at what you see is what you get instead of diving deeper. And in people and culture, we dive deeper to get a better understanding of who we are, who we're working with to learn. I think that that's one of the best examples I can and, and you know, to some, it may sound so corny, but to me, that was one of the, the greatest moments within being in the people and culture team versus just to say HR is moments like that, that we're in a, such a safe zone that we were able to talk about race on a call. And I think that that makes it a difference is, is like not being scared to actually learn. Absolutely. It's, it's like, uh, it's definitely a different like mindset shift. It's like putting a whole different, like sort of a lens on things or things aren't taken quite so for granted. Like we, we traditionally think of everything's yeah. getting questioned. I love that. Well, I wanted to close out by asking you about what's been most challenging and most rewarding about working in this field. So I'll start with the challenging before rewarding. I feel like what's most challenging about working in this field is um, removing your emotions from doing the job, whether it's HR or people and culture. Um, as excited as we get when we are onboarding, unfortunately, we also have to offboard, whether it's voluntary or involuntary. But I think the challenging part is um, when people decided to move on, you wanna be happy for them, the fact that you are blossoming and you are growing and you probably even learn something right here with the organization to then move forward with, right? But then it's a sad part because we lose someone and it's like, you know, we, we wanted you here. <laughs> and I think the rewarding part is um, one and the same, is bringing people on. I actually love that favorite part of, you know, I'm not, I'm no longer on the recruiting side where I don't get to say, hey, we'd like to offer you the position. But what I do get to do is I get to help people with their benefits. Um, I'm over payroll as well. So I get to help people with their benefits when they're like, wow, we get this benefit too. We get this many days off. And I get to realign all of that. And I think that working, and this is super duper rewarding as we see teams grow, as we see professionals develop as I get to see the person that came in as an, as an executive assistant and now is the VP of that particular department. Because not only did we invest in that person, but they invested in themselves. And I believe that growing an organization is a lot of cross-training, not being afraid to teach someone else how to do your job. Um, and I think this is the ever-growing part of it. And I think that that makes it super rewarding to be in this career especially to meet so many different beautiful souls and get to connect with them and help the job hours pass by even smoother and faster when you're having fun. Awesome. I love that. What a powerful testimonial. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on the pod today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Uh, I have enjoyed chatting with you. My, my cheeks, I feel, are getting all blushy from smiling and laughing and talking with you. So thank you so much for having me. Same here about the cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> so if people want to learn more about your work, they should visit wordsmithresume.com. Anything else you want to point folks to? Yeah, so definitely. I definitely enjoy what I do as a passion. It is uh, an absolute blessing to uh, be a people operation manager by day and still also help people with my passion off the record, meaning like I get to come from behind the interview table. I get to come from behind the 
the intentionality within the corporate realms of what I do. And I then get to help clients with their resumes. I do interview prep, LinkedIn optimization, salary negotiation, and I also help small businesses with things such as their employee handbooks, different forms and files, and the different things that keeps you aligned with everything from the EEOC and different handling of them as far as being like their virtual HR person as well, too. Well, once again, I'm Mercy Harper. Thanks for listening to this APQC podcast. To learn more about our research, please visit apqc.org. And we hope you'll have a great rest of your day. Music